Hey, are you thinking about a move or where to get the best cup of coffee? Well, today is a fantastic podcast for you. I reveal the best place in the entire world to live. If you look good in orange, that is. We talk about who has and who doesn't have the world's best coffee and what that question has to do with your faith and why the combination of these two may not be just bad for you, but literally dangerous for the entire world. And all of that is on the way to answering the question, who has the world's best coffee? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. So I'm watching my favorite sports talk show the other day. The show is called The Herd, which if you haven't heard of the show The Herd, get it? Heard of a show called The Herd? Man, you can't get this kind of clever wordplay anywhere else. Yes, and there's probably a really good reason for that. Okay, my favorite sports show is called The Herd, which the name probably doesn't make a lot of sense to you in terms of, well, today's mentality. As much as it pains me to agree with you, I do love that show. Yeah, me too. Now, let me say, everyone everywhere seems to be telling us that we should avoid being stuck following The herd. What we're supposed to want is to be individuals breaking free of the herd. Hey, do you want to know which golf ball to use? Well, evidently the trick to picking the best golf ball is not succumbing to the herd mentality. The herd mentality. It's everywhere in nature. What drives this primal urge to use the most played ball instead of the superior one? By the way, just as a total aside at this point, as much as we like to speak poorly of the herd mentality in our culture, people who talk about it in this way, they don't really understand what it is or what it does. I mean, the truth is there are names for herd animals who break away from the pack and go it on their own. Those animals, the ones filled with a strong sense of individuality, you can call them any one of a number of things like prey, food, or just dead because they don't last very long. So anyway, I don't think I've ever heard anyone in popular culture speak in a positive way about being a part of a herd, any herd. So why on earth would anybody name a sports talk show The Herd? Well, in this case, if you haven't seen it or you don't know who the host is, well, it's going to make a lot more sense when you do. The host is named Colin Coward. His name is pronounced like Coward, C-O-W-A-R-D, but it's spelled like cow herd. So I guess when picking a show name based on his last name, he could have gone with the cows, the cowards, or the herd. And when you think about it that way, it kind of makes sense that he went in the direction that he did, doesn't it? So is that what this episode is about? His last name's relationship with the show name? Nicely done, bold topic choice, my friend. Hmm? Oh, no. I was watching his show the other day, and he was talking about some of the problems he sees with the Dallas Cowboys football team. Hey, we have a thing going here. I started with the herd, and now we've brought in the Cowboys. Isn't that amazing? How great is that? Again, what is the point here? Well, he makes a point that I think is pretty insightful regarding the Cowboys franchise and how it relates to the world's greatest cup of coffee. He says the Cowboys may be more than any other sports franchise 
love their team. Isn't that the point of a team? You're supposed to support your team with undying loyalty and all that. Yeah, good point. I didn't say that very well. This is not as if they have a lot of team spirit, but his point is that once the Cowboys have brought in a player in almost any position, they seem to lose the ability to see that player with any kind of objectivity. Okay, I should just let him say it for himself because it'll be a lot clearer than what I'm talking about right now. Think about it. You know what the Cowboys are? The diner that has that sign out in front? World's best coffee. Nobody believes that except for the guy that owns the diner. Your diner doesn't have the world's best hamburger or best cup of coffee or best omelet. It doesn't. If you want to believe it, that's adorable. But the Cowboys are a billion-dollar business. They shouldn't be in the adorable business. I loved this analogy when I heard it. The world's best cup of coffee. I'm not an expert on football, so I am not here to defend the point about the Cowboys. But the point, in a more general way, works in relationship to, well, many aspects of life. And in this case, even faith and religion. Let me tell you a similar story. I went back to my childhood hometown a number of years ago, quite a few years ago, for a high school reunion. At some point, I found myself chatting with someone who had graduated from the school with me and actually gone to college in that same town, gotten married, and settled down to have a career, also all in that same town. What was interesting and memorable for me about this conversation was that this person said, not very subtly, that they felt sorry for me that I had moved away. Why? Well, because according to them, this was the greatest city, greatest place to live in the entire world. And anyone, anyone who chose to or had to live anywhere else in the world was, well, to be honest, settling for less. Now, the town we're talking about, it's Knoxville, Tennessee. But before we think this is a story about Knoxville, I've heard the same about Atlanta. I've heard it about New Orleans. I've heard it about Los Angeles, Boulder, Colorado, Chicago, Seattle. And I'm not even going to mention how often I've heard something similar come from the mouth of a New Yorker or someone from Texas. Yeah, Texans just seem to claim the whole state. So what you want us to understand is that you aren't even going to mention the things that you just mentioned. If I got it right. Yeah, exactly. Look, here's my point. Is Knoxville a great place to live? I thought so when I lived there, and I'd live there again happily if that's where my journey winds up taking me. Is Knoxville the best city in the world to live? Yes. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. It is if you place a high priority on living near a river, proximity to the mountains, if you love college sports also, and if you look great in orange, and also if you already know all the words to the song Rocky Top, it might very well be the best place. No, it is absolutely the best place in the world to live. If that's you, you need to move to Knoxville immediately. But there are also a bunch of reasons it's not the best place in the world to live. And I won't belabor the point, but suffice it to say, if being near great scuba diving was your priority, or maybe proximity to world-class surfing was at the top of your list. Or perhaps living a car-free life in a city with an amazing transit system was what you wanted more than anything else. Or if you want to live someplace where you can speak French and have a view of the Eiffel Tower, then no. No, Knoxville is probably not the best place for you to live. The point here, I hope, is becoming obvious. 
This kind of world's best coffee mentality is not just found in sports franchises and hometowns, but also in other aspects of our lives, and it shows up a lot in the world of religion. Look, I'm an ordained minister, and I spent my entire working career talking about God from within one denomination, which is a subset of one particular faith. I have certainly heard some Episcopalians who make something like the world's greatest coffee claim, not about coffee, but about a wide variety of aspects of the Episcopal Church. And I have also heard the same claim by Catholics, Baptists, Presbyterians, Lutherans, <laughs> even Unitarians. And it's not just Christians. I've heard it from Buddhists, Muslims, and Jews. I think there is, at times, within all faiths, a confusion, a muddling that happens. That confusion, that muddling is a blending of the idea of the creator God that we worship and blending that with the particular ways in which we have decided to worship that God. In other words, God and the way you decide to worship God are not interchangeable. They're not one in the same. I was watching a YouTube video a couple of days ago, and it was a very engaging speaker, a Christian speaker. And what he did was begin to slowly point out how other denominations and other faiths were wrong about any number of things. And the more he spoke, the more I realized that his judgments about wrongness were really more matters of preference, opinion, and tradition rather than truly things that are verifiably right or wrong. Now, occasionally in this podcast, I will talk about the gospel according to Dan, which really just means faith as I see it, as I deem it to be best. And one of the marks of a healthy faith, according to me, is a willingness to move out of the best versus worst, right versus wrong categorization of your faith and other faiths and move towards a willingness to say, hey, I love my faith, but I love it because it works for me. Pretty much everyone who worships God in any form believes in an all-powerful and infallible creator. God kind of by definition is perfect. But, and this is my point here, our versions of worshiping and following God are equally kind of by definition imperfect, not perfect, and at times very much imperfect. Your faith, your denomination, your religion do not have the exclusive inside track on the true nature of God. All of us are working all the time trying to figure that out. Nobody has it nailed down. Now, you may believe that you do and that everyone else who differs from you in any way is wrong, but the only people who agree with you on that are already part of your same group. Remember what Collins said in that quote I played earlier, that the diner that claims to have the world's best cup of coffee doesn't, but it's adorable. Your diner doesn't have the world's best hamburger or best cup of coffee or best omelet. It doesn't. If you want to believe it, that's adorable. Unfortunately, religions and churches that claim to have the only insight into the nature of God, they aren't adorable. They're dangerous. Can you imagine how many of the problems, disagreements, conflicts, shoot, let's just say it straight out, how many wars would have been absolutely avoidable if we could get out of the world's best coffee mentality and just say, I love my church, I love my faith, I love my denomination. Sure, it's sometimes flawed and we've made some mistakes, but it helps me be a better person. And 
I'm fully capable, at the same time that I love my own faith, of saying that I think it is great that you found the path that works for you. What a great place the world would be if we could all just say that to each other and truly believe it and then actually live it. That's all for today. What do you think? I know this will make some people uncomfortable because for some to have a strong faith is synonymous with discounting the faith of others. Some people will believe that in order for their faith to be right for them, it has to be more absolute than that. It has to just be right, period. And by their definition, everyone else, therefore, has to be wrong. Many people believe that allowing others to believe differently and not pointing out well, how they're wrong and how you are right. Well, if they're not doing that, for them, that is the definition of a lukewarm faith. So you tell me, can you have a vibrant, devout, and strong faith and still allow others to follow a different spiritual path? Let me know what you think. Also, if this sparks a question for you that you would like to hear discussed in future episodes, let me know. As always, I would love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. That's dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for joining us here today and being part of the SkyPilot Faith Quest community. This is a great place to ask questions you wouldn't feel comfortable or safe asking in other places. And remember, the sign of a strong faith solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.